Hi, welcome back to another episode of The Wild Truth, your friendly neighborhood uh, podcast that helps you bust fake news or find out a little more truth in what's happening around you in India today. This is Kanishka. And this is Sharad. So, um, it's been uh, interesting to read all the comments that we get and all the suggestions that we get for our podcast. And I feel uh, it only encourages us to uh, do a better job of understanding certain topics. And today, the topic that we picked up needed a little more understanding than the usual. It's not something that we uh, are talking about as of today. It's not a very current hot topic. But this has been a, a topic for the last uh, couple of years and even more where you've seen a gradual increase in this phenomenon that we're going to be talking about. So what is this phenomenon? For episode five of The Viral Truth, we talk about the rise of the Godman and in the spirit of the political narratives. Now, gurus have not been uh, a new commodity in India and obviously... I would say a much needed uh, commodity in India as well, because I think um, spirituality is on one extreme. Um, There is religion that has been, you know, that has needed its gurus uh, right from day one. But over the years, over the last uh, many years, we've had um, some horror stories and some really good stories about people who have helped other people or the regular Uh, a common individual in India find peace with their religion, with their spirituality through the mediums of conversations and discourses. And I think Godman and gurus are uh, uh, an integral part of uh, what India is today, whether you like it or not. So we wanted to explore the, not the topic of how Godman are and whether they're real or you know how much of them is real how much of them is make-believe or fake or completely um you know uh, in some cases let me let us not talk about nityanand here but uh, in some cases absolutely outlandish but we want to talk about two people who i think um have have a, a huge uh, following and are quite respected in their own field um they have been champions of those fields and they've both come across as people who can be relatable to a wider audience, even the educated and, um, you know, people who don't really believe in the quackery of uh, some gurus um, uh, of the yesteryears, they they tend to basically gravitate towards these two figures because these two figures cut out a very realistic, logical, uh, logical, uh, how, do you, how do you put it? Logical way of explaining stuff, logical way of talking and being real about what they're doing. And those two individuals are Sadhguru and uh, Baba Ramdev. The Isha Foundation and Patanjali, for people who might not know who the people are, but it's impossible you know them before you know the brands. But um, these two individuals are unique and um, are, to be frank, in some ways connected in my head, in my perspective, about how they further the political narrative of the current government. And that is where we will talk about uh, you know, their existence and their need in the socio-political uh, environment that India is going through. Because we don't really want to dwell in why, you know, how they are and what kind of godmen they are and you know, what's their backstory. Because that's a completely different uh, ideology and a, a different podcast and a different conversation. We want to explore how Sometimes um, we have noticed that both of them are being utilized in a way that is uh, conducive to the political narratives in the country today. The hyper-nationalist and the hyper-Indian-ness of the conversation that has been doing rounds in the public sphere. So that's our topic for today. It needed a little more explaining. And that's why we wanted to basically be a little nuanced in the way that we brought this topic ahead. Sharad, your thoughts? Yeah, so on the topic of Godman, right, when when we originally spoke about it and said that we'll do an episode on it, I was at a loss as to where to start or where to end this because it's such a, like you said, you know, it's been an integral part of India for so long, for so many generations with so many different Godmen, right, that that it's 
it's impossible to really do justice to this entire topic which is why i think we chose to like you know stick to something which is affecting today's world like one aspect or one manifestation of this phenomenon which touches everybody's lives whether we realize it or not right which like you said is the current political environment and how this kind of fits in mm. right? so godmen otherwise have been there all around and i think in a way they have always been cozy with power or people in power right yeah and so my experience with godmen is a little more from the christian godmen because you know down down south in kerala there's a lot of christian godmen maybe they don't call themselves godmen but these are like you know pastors or like you know prophets or whatever you want to call it right so which of course doesn't have as much appeal in the national scheme of things but the similarities are very very high you know and and all this while there were always politicians who would turn up at their events you would always know that there is patronage going on because i think for a politician it's like an irresistible sort of proposition right you have a captive base it's the it's the equivalent of like you know if you're campaigning and going to an apartment would you rather prefer to go house by house and convince everybody or do you want to talk to maybe the residents association and say that we'll do this for you like why don't you talk about us at your next meeting right? so they they're the og influencers yeah they are the yeah they are the original gangster right. influencers for sure you you have a very loyal and captive base and all you need to do is reach out to the godmen and get them on your side and then the rest might not automatically follow but at least a bigger number of them will follow than how you can campaign uh, and get them on your side otherwise yeah. so i think that that's been the the truth in india and maybe all around the world just that in india i, I would say that when, when you said you know that uh, india has always had godmen i think religion itself is like a cottage industry in india like more than any other place in the world probably absolutely right it's it's always been so as well i guess maybe as a civilization with so much of diversity i think we just have that capacity to just keep producing new religions which which i think that's what these are like i think these are proto religions and th- that's like a segue we can get to that later mm. but but my point is that that whole uh, you know symbiotic relationship between godmen and politicians which has always existed i think has got more refined now because these two godmen especially right mm. the, their positioning or their brand aligns so well with the marketing strategy of the current ruling class right? mm. so on one hand you have hindutva or you're talking about ancient glory and all of those things and then you have essentially hindu uh, you know godmen talking about things which don't go against the political ideology uh, so they are not talking about a new religion exactly right they they are still talking about uh, themselves within the the umbrella of hinduism and they are talking about things which would appeal to the same people who would support the political establishment yeah so in a way i feel that so when you're talking about how relatable the two of them are right it's like they have a fantastic product or a service both are different so baba ramdev has this image of somebody who's not as polished but seems more real or grounded right it's like uh, he's the more like you know he's somebody who's more like in tune with the everyday man he's like the salman khan of uh, godman maybe mm. <laughs> and and then the product right like so literally a product or literally uh, a product may, maybe the salman khan of yoga Is, Salman Khan is, of yoga yeah. yeah actually right <laughs> and and the fact that he actually has a product company with products which at one point were very popular i remember when i first heard of patanjali mm. i didn't hear of patanjali as associated with baba ramdev i would hear people talk about hey patanjali soaps are available in the medical shop they are yes. really good mm. and they're cheap and good so that's what i would hear that you know you have a high quality brand with like indian stuff genuinely like these are not like you know uh, godmen supporters or anything that's what i heard originally of course over time the quality dipped and all that but but so they literally have a product on one side and then on the other hand you have sadguru and the isha foundation which is like a very refined service again tapping into 
a big need of the current day like spirituality mm. a, a need which people have always had but i think sadguru packaged it in a way that appeals to the new generation right the the urban class or the yeah. you know the newly uh, urban class or whatever you want to call it so suddenly you had this baba or guru who was not like somebody you don't want to associate with but this was like an english speaking motorcycle riding guru who would talk things which make a lot of sense right like yeah. so some of the things that he says appeals to me too like say for example one quote that he said i think you shared it right there was a video clip where he said if you don't do what you can do uh, that you're a waste or something like that right <laughs> mm. Mm. so so you should do it right i i thought of it and that made me want to do the next podcast episode right? yeah so so there are things that he says that he cannot deny they, they makes such sense and the way he says it is so good the the personality is in a way appealing to many people they have a very good app for example yeah <laughs> right so so i think it's kind of like ios and uh, android in a way you know <laughs> you have these two refined ecosystems ah that's a, that's a good uh, allegory i i so i i feel i wanted to basically touch upon a couple of things before we go any deeper i feel the, you know however we want to look at it i think we are doing this in 2021 Hmm. when the um, the uh, the the political narrative or the the lokai standi of a lot of people in india today is that either you're for uh, the ruling government or against it and it's become a highly a highly charged environment today so anybody who sides with one side is uh, on the opposite side of us or them or whatever so it's yeah. it's become that kind of a situation now that apart um i i also want to basically understand that you know we not we not here to talk about them you know especially sadguru and uh, baba ramdev or ramdev to be uh, you know, villainized in our like uh, argument or conversation we we not here to basically diss them we not here talking about you know how bad they are i think we are trying to understand how they are being used today in some way that that is becoming very apparent to see because if we talk about how both of them came into being they didn't really start off just at the cusp of when bjp came to power or something like that sort or they've not been in operation since the last 5 years or 6 years they've consciously started building an organization and a way of life and a way of thinking and their base across the last 20 years in some ways right baba ramdev started in 2005 when with divya pharmacy isha foundation started uh, right about early 2000s again so in in some way um, they started their journeys much before and their philosophies of doing certain things have not really changed their inner their uh, their predominant products or services or offerings to their um, followers or their loyal bases have not really changed they've said the same things and done the same things over the last uh, 20 years in some ways but yes they've slowly added a layer of political comments along with their daily trade in in i in what i feel is that i really like sadguru i think i have learned from sadguru and his teachings at one point of time in my life and found them to be extremely enlightening in the way that it they were so simple and his choice of words was so simple were so simple his way of explaining something is so powerful it does not go into the tactical it goes into the strategic ways of thinking he's easy going he's honest about his own needs he doesn't complicate them with you know these guru kind of expectations in terms of how you should speak and how you should refer to god and all that stuff he speaks a language of almost like a counselor right and his you know first public effort was to help folks find peace with their work and relationship issues which were very different than what you were basically hearing so that i think that loyal base has got created over years and one thing that i've always struggled with is that when you like somebody intrinsically 
how do you reconcile with the aspects that you dislike it is a very important aspect of this conversation i feel because when you are a spiritual guru like sadguru is and when you are a yoga guru like patanjali uh, uh, products are and you know uh, baba ramdev and acharya balkrishna are how do you reconcile with the parts that you don't like with a person like uh, baba ramdev i think it is easier you can just dis- you know you can just dismiss that aspect because the aspect to that he brings to the fore is health so you know you can go to somebody else it's okay or you can buy his product right you can you, you can, can buy, buy his product, shampoo can, and not i'm saying that him. if you really want to basically dismiss him from his li- from your life it is kind of easier to do you can all you have to do is to change your toothpaste maybe <laughs> from uh, from dant uh, kanti to colgate uh, right but in case of uh, jaggi vasudev and sadguru it is very difficult because when you find somebody who counsels you counsels you in a way that helps you understand yourself and find peace some amount of peace it is very difficult to dismiss him from your life and i found it very difficult because sometimes i think the only lever that i have found where i've started looking at him objectively which is very difficult to do for somebody who's helping you with mental health you can't look at him objectively it is very subjective the dislodging happened when it became very clear that his narrative was to extend the narratives of the government today on subjects that were absolutely not his domain like talking about caa there are multiple videos yeah and that's one uh, specific issue that i would like to you know talk about is that that's where i think it happened for me personally that suddenly you have this individual who's talking about the fact that uh, what are these protests why are people protesting for caa they don't know our history they don't know our culture and the talking about some sect of pakistani hindus that he once met who talked about the atrocities that have happened in pakistan against hindus and why they want to come home and ca helps you bring them home yeah kind of you know just completely squashes the need for an argument and coming from somebody who's so objective himself about life about how you see a reality or truth in a subject it seems like you know somebody is trying to hogwash it somebody is trying to basically mm-hmm. polish it and bring that narrative to you and i feel I, that bjp has got this use them use them and their follower base so effectively how i don't know there are some uh, you know uh, maybe um, uh, uh, philosophies or theories that i can try out i think the both of them both sadguru and baba ramdev have had a, um, an issue with the law over the years and i feel that siding with the current government gives them that uh, leeway for them not to worry about those cases becoming really ugly and i feel that might be a pull the other pull is i feel that their overall base is also a base which is uh, which is wanting to go very deep into indian cultures and indian indianism and you know uh, almost basically thinking of the swadeshi movement that happened during the freedom st- struggle and after that wherein you wanted to basically develop everything in you you wanted to use indian you wanted to basically be indian so since that narrative has come into fore i feel that they have both understood from the from a very business perspective that siding with this kind of a philosophy also works for their follower base and expands their follower base to a uh, you know a, a huge base because if you look at the last 5 years though their Uh, modus operandi or their ways of working has not really changed but their success stories have been written in these last 5 or 6 years they've really become the millionaires that we see right now they've actually made their brand successful right now 
so i feel that there is there might be that element of you know some amount of coercion from the from the government uh, into making sure that your your portfolio of uh, legal cases don't rise up and bite you and then there's this other angle of uh, playing to the galleries the gallery of nationalism uh, that's available for both sadguru and both uh, you know for for uh, baba ramdev so i feel that element is is uh, is is very apparent in the way that they have discourses today they have conversations today and i feel that um, uh, specifically for sadguru it is difficult for people to dislodge what he has done for them good things that he has done for them because it's a question of mental health rather than just physical health that baba ramdev basically has so you 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 raise some things that i hadn't thought of right like say the i mean of course i know that it's hard for somebody to like separate the god man from the the service of the product yeah. which is the whole point but mental health is something which is i think very important to talk about because in india mental health is such a you know such a overlooked problem right or a, such a stigmatized problem mm. and the natural solution i mean maybe not a solution but right, the, like a natural treatment or uh, potential solution that you would try out in any country or what is recommended is therapy mm. right now when you think of a therapist or a counselor you never hear somebody who's done therapy and you know uh, found it helpful say that oh i have therapist mr a or mrs b who is fantastic mm. yes they will say that this therapist was good but they yeah. always say therapy helped me a lot you should try out therapy right correct or you should try out counseling and because the therapist has not really packaged themselves into the product in a way that you can't separate it out right so i think that is one big reason for success especially for sadguru or isha foundation is that this overlooked or stigmatized problem uh, which our society glosses over gets addressed in a certain way by them so then you're indebted to this person who made that happen right which i think is deliberate uh, i i don't know deliberate at least uh, as a you know as a marketing strategy mm. the other thing is that when you speak about like you know how these particular godmen have grown in prominence in the last few years i think a lot of these reasons that you said right like say the legal aspect and all that i think that has always been there like generally godmen always have a legal case against them which always disappears for a while some day they will run a foul of the political establishment that's when the case will become uh, you know an actual problem for them yeah which i think is age old right so the mm. the way i look at it is these are like religious entrepreneurs and you always have many startups it's like in bangalore you have you know hundreds or thousands of startups and many will continue to open and fail all the time but once in a while the circumstances or the environment will really help a certain set of startups succeed like say for example uh, all these home delivery uh, type of apps right now mm. they were already successful before corona but after the pandemic i think that that entire uh, line of business would have become very lucrative right including some things which you normally wouldn't get at home like like say for example an urban clap or urban company i've used them before but i've never used them for a haircut before now i got right. it and i don't think i'll ever go back right so mm. it's not that they really planned for this well ahead or something they were trying out something which was fitting a need suddenly that need increased because of the environment which is the same thing i think for these particular government like you said they were already marketing these products or services suddenly the whole environment in india became one where everybody wanted to go back to their cultural roots or yeah. history like you know for everything from mental health to physical health and now you already have two established personalities there so i think it just kind of fits so well that it makes perfect sense for both the sadguru and a baba ramdev to align with the bjp or bjp uh, campaigns and vice versa mm. it's the equivalent of in the us when the original trump election was going on right uh, cambridge analytica i think was a company which gave a lot of data 
which help them campaign things like you know in a if you're on a street uh, doing door to door campaigning right they they had data that said that go to this house because the other house is already decided that they're democrats but this house they they seem to like american made cars and some other things like you know made in america stuff like that then their data shows that they are more likely to vote republican or vote for trump and they go there and like you know present their case which is exactly the same thing here i think like you know i think there's a certain degree yeah. of marketing overlap which is you know which would make absolute sense to sort of align because if 70% of your follower base are bjp supporters or maybe 60% are bjp supporters do you want to say things which go against that right so i think it just fits and then of course they are in power they can help you in multiple ways so i think it just snaps into place automatically what do you think no no absolutely i think that's a that's a very interesting um uh, you know part of the conversation because i remember when trump came into power not only was that um, exploited in the exact way that you talked about the made in america and and the and the fact that jobs and um, production was moving out of the country uh, or people who were coming from outside were given the choices of the jobs and the american population was not getting enough it was also the christian evangelists yeah. who who actually had a big hand in um you know supporting him writing reviews uh, writing uh, basically notes to their uh, followers about the fact that trump has i i what, what is that i endorse i endorse trump uh, campaigns just before he became the president so effectively that that is a big part of the overall system of marketing i think that that must have been data driven that must have been basically a conscious move from the campaign side to understand who might be those influencers that we can go out and talk to in a very simple way uh, for them to basically work for me and that is not new as in that has always happened i feel that uh, the point that you made about the legal thing is well absolutely as in these cases have been spawning across the last 20 30 years in some cases right yeah uh, the asaram bapu case which happened and thankfully he is in jail right now uh there are two sides of the story one is that um, you know many governments uh, did not pay attention to complaints and then there's this uh, i don't remember the story of this actual story of name of the um, uh, the the police officer the um, official who actually went ahead and did a covert action or a covert uh, operation to entrap him Uh, in some ways uh, through a sting sting operation and uh, he did that to make sure that he was caught and he did it out of uh, his own personal judgment of uh, what his role meant rather than a political connection now you don't really find too many stories or you find them those stories don't get into the national narrative so you don't know about them but it's a rare case most of them are politically motivated to some extent till your luck runs out and then you got caught so maybe asaram is one th- one of those examples in india who've run their uh, time and they really lost their uh, uh, perspective but at some point of time while life was growing up in jaipur asaram was the biggest godman or guru uh, in india at that point of time uh, the asta channel which got started started on his back almost though you would have like you know 5 6 hours 7 hours of discourses every day from asaram's camp and so i think it's been a age old thing and then marketing and the the fact that you have to grow your base and it it being very data driven and utilized by the political uh, infrastructure to further their cause has been an age old trick but i feel that the depth depth uh, uh, deftness at which this has been done where the nationalistic movement in india has coincided with these two elements of very real spiritual and yoga gurus who've not really had a very religious take on things rather than a very practical way the you know uh, way of thinking um, is i i feel the real master stroke in some ways that, i think some of it is uh, that's also the reason they've succeeded like say true in today's yeah. environment right like if you were like there were godmen before who literally claim to be avatars of god or something right 
I think there's no market for that group right now because right now it's all about like Hindu revivalism and you know Modi is like the you know the Hriday Samrat or whatever right so so if somebody came up today and said that I am literally god I don't think they would get many followers today maybe 10 years from now they would so that's where I think Sadhguru and Baba Ramdev fits in uh, you know so perfectly I think the good thing about Baba Ramdev is that I don't think he ever claimed to be reincarnated or you know a god in any way. Now Sadhguru is very interesting. Now I don't know if he's actually claimed that somewhere but from what I could read or see on his website and other places it's very vague. So he does talk about reincarnation and like you know that some mission that spans multiple generations yeah. but he's left enough room there to keep it kind of abstract and vague and so people can think what they want right like they I, i'm sure there might be some people who think of him as god or some aspect of god but he's also left enough room for him not to be seen that way and he he's also talking about like you know riding motorcycles or whatever so so it doesn't threaten the political establishment also right so it gives them that overlap of audience without the threat in their ideology yeah i yeah i think that's like a big reason why these particular godmen have become successful yeah and there's there's a commonality obviously uh, i think that commonality is of that practical sense yes but the other commonality is that um, over the last 6 or 7 years uh, yoga got into the fore again <clears throat> and there's been a conscious decision by the government to also you know stake claim over yoga Uh, yeah like never before and at the base of it both uh, sadguru and uh, uh, baba ramdev are yoga practitioners they yogis. you forgot modi uh, and and modi obviously <laughs> so there's three of them are yoga practitioners and still push them together right so th- there is that there is that uh, so that that is another point of playing to the galleries because as a business uh from a biz- and let us not uh, you know let us not debate that point uh in my head that point is not debatable that they are running businesses they yeah. are definitely running businesses they are definitely running enterprises which are profit making they might be you know doing certain things on the side but they are profit making and there's there's no two ways about it and i have no qualms about them making profits and being an enterprise absolutely not i have qualms about people who basically you know do that and say the opposite which is you know i i give up everything i don't basically utilize everything no if you utilize everything you don't you can't you don't really have the money to buy a green 2 crore uh, mercedes benz um car to do uh, rally for rivers that might be important for your trade and i completely get it but let's not be hypocritical about saying that you know it's this is not a business so one this is a business for sure that there's a business angle to it and they've been basically shouting from the rooftops um talking about their businesses because if you go to twitter or instagram and you just search for hashtags of sadguru or isha or baba ramdev and patanjali the amount of daily tweets and daily um uh you know content that is added to their base is insane so there's an army of people who are trying to basically portray this business and market this business on a daily basis uh, not only in india the yesterday i basically went and searched for hashtag #sadguru to find some recent quotes about uh, him and you know what he's doing and the first quote that i got was in um, you know spanish uh, <laughs> mexican spanish so effectively there's a big latin america focus sadguru has been on a bike trip in the us for the last one year uh, you know writing from the grand canyon writing from maybe mount rushmore or washington wherever and talking to his uh, daughter about things that he's learning in the us and how they're different or similar so it's a business it's a widespread daily investment business on both sides now let us talk about that business that business is based on the fact that it's yoga it's an ancient indian art therefore we should be custodians every human being every indian should be the custodian of this trade and i will basically tell you how to be the custodian of that trade so it's a it's a fantastic model for basically making me the owner of it 
and trying to see that the responsibility of taking it forward is mine not somebody else's there's also this whole custodian of age old indian culture which is supposed to be superior has a, has all the answers and therefore the second aspect of sadguru's uh, you know political and narratives and how things work is coronal ayurveda coronal? has all answers coronal stops corona and no matter you throw uh, at india and indian culture a 5000 old 5000 year old virus we will still solve it because we are scriptures to go that go back that long so we have all the answers you don't have to look outside that's a good thing to start off with but once you get start getting proud of it and starting start uh, spreading lies and you know absolute fake news and harmful news it should be checked but nobody's checked we want to own the space of indian culture and superior superiority over everybody else and we have all answers they both put down western philosophies as a mean of control and corruption for indians that's also another similarity that both of them have they will continuously try putting down western culture and they will try and say that that corrupts us and has blinded us and has basically stopped us from looking inwards but at the same time both of them will go to western cultures and promote <laughs> their trade so it's a it's a beautiful and it's the same with modi of all yeah. the people nationalism he is the most traveled individual he believes that international relations are the thing to save them but not international relations with uh, you know maybe uh, you know vietnam or cambodia or ethiopia but <laughs> bigger states where money is good and your nationalism sets so these are very important for us to see as truths that they are you know tied together bound together by these truths uh, of uh, even behavior absolutely same behavior across the uh, across different spectrums of mental health and physical health but they're saying the same things in absolutely different words so that you don't catch them catch this uh, con in some way yeah on the business angle right one more thing that i wanted to bring up is uh, so when when i did research right like like you did it and found the spanish uh, like tweet hmm. uh, so when i did research i found something many like you know many years old which was interesting hmm. so uh, i first read it on a blog post by somebody which quoted isha foundations or sadguru's magazine uh, issue from 2013 where he has said this then i looked that up and i found that pdf and read it okay so now i mean some of it is still vague and i don't think i fully understood it but the the theme is this somebody is asking satguru about why he is like he is in this current uh, incarnation or reincarnation hmm. uh, and the earlier reincarnation would not put up with stuff like this he would like look at people and burn them or whatever like you know he was a much more tough speaking guy in the previous birth so he says something very interesting and the way he says it right is that yes it is it is natural for people who have been with me since then my followers from then to feel that uh, mm. but i have done this to adapt to the times you know that i gave up some parts uh, with some pain because it has to work and we have achieved more in this current birth by being more practical and then he said so i uh, i don't remember if it was in the same article or in another one he continues to say that so we go to uh, these money making people in the west we do pr we do other things mm. when we laugh at their greediness mm. something of that uh, <laughs> like mm. you know along mm. those lines very so, telling so on one like what he said right like about how he also does it hypocritically he's also given like a very nice ideological cover for that Yeah. which i don't think a baba ramdev or modi has done which is why they are not I, capable of doing that yeah i, I think sadguru is the smartest like in a way i want to include modi in the <laughs> you know the godman <laughs> list so out of the three uh-huh. i think sadguru will last longer yeah no i feel uh, you know there is so much to unravel here i think i read something that gives me gave me a view of what he wants to be hmm i i seriously feel that we need more intellectual uh, journeys like sadgurus in my opinion that i feel that people should basically go on this journey to actually find answers within 
and there is this program that is done of inner engineering that worldwide people who are you know intellectuals and there are people who are absolutely against him as well would tell you that the inner engineering program is beautiful because it helps you understand yourself now where he is using him his prowess or his uh, uh, base in a very ineffective way or not ineffective way very effective way but not in a very morally ethical way is siding with certain political narratives but that apart uh, when i tried to understand him and what he wants to be something that basically i i read uh, long back in an interview in 2012 or something he constantly talks about vivekananda and i think he is uh, if you think about it vivekananda and ramakrishna paramahans were the first spiritual gurus that were famous or you know popular within the india indian society as people who have who have great knowledge mm. and still talk about hindutva as in uh, vivekananda talked about hindutva in its uh, absolute full glory but in a way that was more maybe hindutva hinduism you know yeah not hinduism but the the tenets of hindutva and why that basically made sense i feel all of them the, there are good parts to hindutva as well right there are good parts to hinduism as well if like every religion because you are preaching something that is basically spiritual at some at some level so that is good but sadguru wants to talk about vivekananda but when he talks about vivekananda he talks about the story of vivekananda being a non believer and hearing that there is somebody called ramkrishna who converses with god and sees god and he talks about the story where ramkrishna he vivekananda once goes to ramkrishna's kutir and you know uh, throws open the doors and goes inside and says show me god i have heard that you can show me god uh, show me god so he sits next to ramkrishna and ramkrishna says okay i will show you god but you have to tell me what uh, you'll have to do whatever i have to i, I tell you so he said okay so he said sit sit beneath me and ramkrishna parmans put his feet uh, on vivekananda's chest hmm. and the story goes that you know through that experience he saw god or he believed him and for he, i think for a long extended period of time he sat there and there was a connection that was formed within them and vivekananda obviously started becoming his disciple and then he realized that the truth and wisdom that ramkrishna had the world did not know and therefore it that story had to be told and the way that sadguru told that story he said that you know ramkrishna obviously he was the mystic sage but he didn't have the guile uh, to deal with the world mm. but vivekananda <laughs> had the guile to basically or the uh, foresight to know that he had to take the story ahead so he went out and preached uh the glory is his chicago address is one of the best known books that we've read since we were kids um and we know that him to be like a spectacular orator uh kind of what sadguru is in some ways but vivekanand did not try to be ramkrishna ramkrishna at the same time right he was he hmm. wanted to bring the story forward but he also wanted to be the disciple of ramkrishna i feel that sadguru wants to be ramkrishna plus vivekananda <laughs> which is a unique combination which is your enlightened and make money but, and you have the guile to take it forward and tell the world your story which is unique which i feel is the story that ram you know sadguru wants to tell eventually in history wherein he wants to be the individual who brought these two entities together without you under, as in he will not tell you he will never tell you what he wants you to say he will wait for you to realize it through what he does it's a very interesting uh, you know individual and uh, i one part of me yearns to go and listen to him one part of me you know tries desperately to pull back because there is i don't know what propaganda i will absorb by yeah. listening to the inner world of him because i i am now trying trying to understand and feel him in a very different way and for me he sounds very dangerous also sometimes yeah, i can see him i think with sadguru right like when i've seen some of his videos and all like uh, i have this the same like you know aversion to propaganda and hmm. 
why i found him dangerous is that he will speak absolute sense for like 15 minutes and give you three things that you never thought of and then the fourth thing he says hmm. would actually be wrong or like factually wrong but he will just slip it in but by then you're lulled into this you know this acceptance from how he spoke earlier that you don't question right like say for example the ca and yeah. uh, nrc thing right like now mm. i don't want to get too deep into it but yeah. the speech that he gave which was very good was a excellent use of uh, erecting a straw man and attacking it because Correct. the argument he made and dismissed nobody will disagree with it but yeah. the protesters were not saying that the protesters were not saying that we should not let in these uh, hindu refugees they were only saying why only let in the hindu refugees and most of them were asking why have it based on religion when there are others like rohingyas and all also who need help right correct so the way he said it is like it's too little compassion too late and everybody claps because everybody is assuming that the other side is saying what he said which is that don't let them in nobody saying don't let them in they are only saying why let them in on the basis of religion look at persecution and let them in or let somebody else in based on whether they are persecuted or not so that just gets glossed over and you don't even realize it because of the way he said it right and same thing with some of the pseudo science that he said now the interesting thing with him is that he does it in moderation he doesn't like baba ramdev will say 10 crazy things a week right yeah right. sadguru will not he will say say it once in a while it's very measured yeah very measured and in a way maybe i was thinking about it now we can only speculate but i don't know how this works right like the political religious nexus so maybe it, it's like you activate an influencer at certain times but the influencer is also careful about his brand that mm-hmm. okay i will talk about this issue at to this level not beyond that i will not get into issue a b c right so if you see it he doesn't talk about everything he only spoke about critical ones where the government needed some support or some legitimacy from the ground right ca nrc was a classic example where there was such a ground swell of protest so then you needed a ground swell of you know spiritual people who kind of see the other side of it what the government wants to see yeah and i think the other thing that he brings to the table for the government is uh, he doesn't appeal only to his followers so i have seen sadguru videos being shared by people who are even atheists right so because there you will just see it as like say there might be a person who is religious in the traditional sense not following a god man but all you want them to do is just be neutral like you see an issue like ca and rc there are two sides fighting and you're not very sure and then you see the sadguru video which is very nicely said and then you just think ah, i think there are two sides to it and then you just move on that also works right like you don't always need the follower or the detractor sometimes you want the people in the middle to just stay in the middle and on the fence which i think he can deliver uh, which a baba ramdev cannot absolutely and uh, that's a that's that lulling point that basically s- slight uh the slide of hand of sliding a topic in yeah. which you know is uh, not based on any kind of logical argument but it's your interpretation of uh, something should not come from an individual who's so enlightened yeah and when it does for somebody who's basically following you for your enlightenment if it does come from you it's it's a prick it's a pin prick because suddenly you realize that why is this individual getting into this kind of a conversation because as you said right the the influencer as you rightly said and greatly put that uh, influencer doesn't want to go outside of his area of influence too much and baba ramdev does not understand it or he thinks that the world is his <laughs> oyster now so it's okay like he said a couple of days back jail mere ko uska to baap bhi mere ko jail nahi kar payega ha yeah that's the sentiment right now with him so he thinks it's at the top of the world right so but sadguru is very careful about his own brand because i know he knows that he has to basically do this for longer yeah. baba ramdev can basically make his money and be a forgotten case but he is his his i don't know if you know his uh, his uh, uh, you know uh, empire is about 5.3 billion wow okay <laughs> 5.3 billion in 2020 and um, the net worth of uh, sadguru is 25 million 
suppose oh so there's a big difference right wow. between the two of them but in terms of the elements of uh, you know uh, populist and you know pulling uh, popularity uh, they're almost at the same same place uh, but now i get now i get why babar ramdev doesn't care about what he says <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the see the value was you know so it was actually it's all uh, acharya balkrishna the md of patanjali his valuation is 5.3 billion in 2006 ah, yeah, of course <laughs> it fell to 3.6 billion in 2021 so it had a fall because of obviously you know lesser consumerism and therefore i think they wanted to build bridge the gap with coronel so uh-huh. in 2021 they wanted to make them that gap but 5000 year old remedy for a virus yeah. that emerged last year yeah but then the <laughs> like the joke is right so the patanjali himalayan rock salt or pink salt uh, had an expiry date and on the package it said 5000 year old salt so they really minded at the right time so <laughs> it would go bad in a couple of months just before that they minded and saved so that's divine insight right like that the... is divine insight. so mm-hmm. you need that kind of insight. so uh, you know jokes apart that these businesses are big and these uh, these narratives are very uh, very uh, very uh, carefully constructed so you're right in saying that you know sadguru does not want to veer too much away from it and patanjali does not care because its base is immovable it is you know yeah. it's talking about all of these other things see divya pharmacy and i have had psoriasis for about 16 years now um and out of desperation i also tried ayurveda at some point of time did not really help me because you were like you know you had a car crash in an accident in a car crash and you're going to a ayurveda hospital doesn't make sense right <laughs> so you still go to it because you have this insane belief in the power of ayurveda in india which is not going to go away in one generation yeah if it stops for two generations maybe then it'll go away it's that strong so, so i think can the... choose to do whatever he wants to and he not be caught but yeah so every... sorry this is a huh. slight uh, uh, aside but i just want to add that like the appeal of ayurveda right i i i recently like read or listened uh, to some podcasts a little about it and i think part of the reason is also practical not just people wanting to believe it because the scale of healthcare system penetration in india is so low yeah. there are a lot of ayurveda and other practitioners kind of fill in that gap now the way they fill it in is sometimes even by prescribing paracetamol but at the end of the day that's the only doctor that a lot of people can access and plus it is age old right so so there is that appeal which also comes from you know it's like the doctor you get even if it's not the one you need right mm. or the the medicine you get like might be turmeric because you can't afford to get antibiotics maybe which then somebody like baba ramdev comes in and you know weaponizes commercially no it's a, it, it, this is a this is a brilliant point because i'll tell you why um from the other side is that the the level of access that you have to healthcare yeah is abysmally low in india in any which ways so any kind of uh, you know common household uh, home home remedy or something that's basically closer to you uh, through a patanjali store more than a, a pharmacy will always be your first line of defense and yeah. similarly your access to mental health is abysmally low throughout india developed or underdeveloped in that kind of an environment um, a quote from sadguru helps you find that so it's again dealing with that level of access on both sides that you don't have and you have these you know spiritual gurus and yoga gurus being the individual who's filling in that gap for now and stigma right like say for isha foundation now i have once uh, used therapy right mm. but now when i'm saying it i know that like at least some people who listen to this will be like oh he had to do therapy at some point yeah. right but if somebody says that oh i i am part of isha foundation i go for inner engineering nobody but will laugh at you yeah, there's no yeah exactly exactly yeah. only a very small amount of people will laugh at you at other end <laughs> who think that basically these are godmen but uh, you know that that's a small uh, uh, yeah you can live with that that maybe there any anyway maybe that's the population <laughs> like me and you are using therapists So yeah. that that is the population <laughs> who needs therapy. 
See, <laughs> jokes apart, I think all of these pointers that we talked about today are interesting to talk about. There might not be an end to this, but we have to be a little more. You know, I I don't want to extend this conversation to eons because this will uh, go to a long, long conversation again. We can do two more podcasts on this. But I feel that if I needed to end the conversation on a note, I feel that the end for me is uh, something that I read in some places and also felt very strongly. Is that I don't want to, I don't want to snatch away the uh, the area of expertise from these folks. because i feel that uh, sadguru understands himself very well and he articulates his journey of understanding himself for us to understand ourselves and as long as he sticks to that i am willing to give him a year but as long as he moves away from it and talks about unrelated quackery and science and culture and you know what should happen in a protest site and why farmers should not protest and all that stuff it's best not to listen to that individual same goes for uh, patanjali is that as long as there's a natural product uh, uh, on display and i want to basically use something that is natural in its origins or learn yoga from an individual and be uh, you know aware of my body and how my body works i would want to listen to that guy but if he talks about uh, solving corona corona through coronel Uh, there has to be a stop somewhere and i feel more people have to basically know to distinguish between what is uh, uh, you know spiritual and what is uh, useful and what is absolutely bullshit and crap and i feel that that is getting muddled in such a way that it's difficult to basically tell the shits apart and i feel that is my take away as if i were to basically continue to be in this ecosystem yes i have some uh, hang ups about listening to them uh, with all my mind uh, now but uh, that you know the distinction that i have to make is that what i listen to should be their area of expertise not something that is just out there and they have a view on it because everybody has a view on everything so just to be clear i remember when we did the uh, i think the lab leak episode right the mm-hmm. your your closing thought was what you're going to do and what you advise other people to do is just wait yeah and not so is your advice now not to listen to people who also peddle bullshit or pseudo science or to distinguish between the good things they say and the the questionable things they say i think um in see my personal view is i'm not going to listen to baba ramdev ever <laughs> yeah but he's funny i i will listen to baba ramdev yeah yeah out of <laughs> finding a joke maybe yes but uh, i'm not going to you know i i don't want to yet maybe let go of what sadguru talks about in his um, inner self discovery because i find value in it and why should i throw out that value if i can derive a value out of it i feel i think that is a sign of wokeness that i don't want to get into is that you throw everything out everybody mm. uh, just because you're you don't like one thing or five things about them as in that stops us from having a conversation with baba ramdev you can't have a conversation anymore right because he's just gone into the outlandish completely but with sadguru i think i can still have a conversation i can debate i can basically talk to you about certain things that i feel good about and i think that should remain because if that remains i can talk to somebody who supports the other narratives that i don't have there is a room for conversation but if i throw everything out there's no room for conversation anymore if i can put it in a different way what you said right it's a little like sometimes you have these celebrities you really like for uh, you know whatever they're good at right like mm-hmm. say for example we're all fans of or was fans of sachin tendulkar at some mm-hmm. point right now you also know that sachin tendulkar will endorse different brands correct as part of his marketing uh, side of things right yeah. so sachin tendulkar will say boost is a secret of my energy but i would still drink bon vita but i would still watch sachin tendulkar's next cricket match and i would not study for an exam to watch it but True. i wouldn't drink boost so i think i think that's the recommendation here like you know just just separate the actual service that they are offering you yeah. and do not like f- learn to identify the the commercial product placements and the advertisements it's a little difficult it's not as easy as boost is a secret of my energy but when you suddenly see sadguru talking about ca nrc 
maybe it's time to change the channel on that note thank you everybody for listening to yet another beautifully long podcast and if you've stuck around here till now give us a hi the code is uh, 555 if you say that then we know that you finished this podcast okay <laughs> thank you everybody thanks right. till next time bye